0: You're listening to Leaning Toward Wisdom, the podcast, modern tales of an ancient pursuit. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. My name is Randy Cantrell, coming to you from Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. Glad that you're joining me here inside the Yellow Studio. Every now and again, people pick up on the fact that I freely confess that I cry every day and I laugh every day. I chuckle probably more than I laugh, but I laugh every day. I mean, I mean, laugh, laugh out loud stuff every day, a true confession. I'm usually by, I'm usually by myself when I do these things. It's not intentional. It's just, that's normally when it happens. What can I tell you? Let's talk about making people feel something. And you know how I mean that. I don't mean manipulation as far as making people do things, making people feel things, but. Hopefully, we, we have some impact that moves people. When you think about all the activities that go on in human endeavor, from entertainment to science to all kinds of things, I mean, there there are, I don't know, I mean, is there an endeavor that doesn't have at the heart of it the intent to have an impact, the intent to make people feel something, I mean, it could be argued that medical science, for instance, it certainly is designed to make people feel better. It's designed to improve people's health, which hopefully results in feeling better at some point. Comedians, they want to, if not provoke us to thought, they certainly want to provoke us to laugh to have a good time, maybe to escape whatever the realities are in our life for a period of time. Movies, TV, books, yes, there's no doubt many things are designed to inform us, but in that information, there is a design to have us feel something because until we feel something, we're not likely going to change anything. We're not likely going to grow or improve until first We feel the need to do that and sometimes it's information and education that can provide that. So I I daily have these conversations in trying to help people and help myself figure this out to figure out how can we be more impactful? How can we stop getting in our own way and diminishing? the impact that we could have. And let's insert a word in front of impact and let's insert that word positive. We want to have a positive impact. And if you don't want to have a positive impact, then, well, you're not listening to this show leaning toward wisdom as you may or may not know, began largely as an exercise for me to just pass on to some teenage kids who were growing up some life lessons. It was really my endeavor while I wasn't so old to begin something that is now carried on to where I am old and it was born primarily from gratitude. It was born primarily from an indebtedness that I felt toward older folks who had occupied my life and had taught me a thing or three people that I had leaned on for help and as a resource and people who were willing to tell me the things that I most needed to hear. Even if it wasn't, Oh, you're great. You're wonderful. Everything's hunky Dory. We need people in our lives that are willing to correct us. We need people that are willing to challenge us. I made a comment yesterday in a public forum, good people, people that are interested in growing people that are interested in being high performers, people that are interested in getting to whatever that next level may be in their own human performance, love to be coached, love to be challenged. Not everybody does, but high performers do. And it's one way that you can instantly know, am I a high performer? Am I not a high performer? If you hate, being challenged, if you hate being corrected, if you hate not being the smartest person in every conversation, in every room, if you hate somebody else pointing anything out that you could do that could improve your life. And I'm not talking about critical judgment here. I'm not talking about the nitpickers. I'm not talking about the Karen's on Facebook. I'm talking about people that You know, they have your best interest at heart, but you still don't, you still don't want to give them any audience because it's your life and you're going to do what you want. You know, better Then, kudos. You can instantly know if you're a high performer or not high performers want to grow. They want to improve. And the only way to do that is you can't keep doing everything that you are currently doing. And there are some things that you're not doing that you're going to need to start doing. But the impetus behind all of this is a feeling. And the big impetus is what you are feeling. And if you aren't feeling anything, you're not going to do anything. You're not going to do anything differently. You're not even going to think about doing anything differently until first something Someone helps you to feel something that maybe right now you aren't feeling. There was some list. I, I saw it. It it popped up in the feed. I just glanced through it. It was a list, and I, I don't know. There were probably 20. I just scanned them very quickly. The number one on this list was Saving Private Ryan. I freely admit I have not seen Saving Private Ryan, so... I guess I I should check that out, but it was movies that after you watch it, you just, you're in, you're just, you just sit silently and then maybe 30 minutes go by. Even if you're seeing it with family, 30 minutes go by and somebody says, wow, something that is that profound of a story. The green mile was another one. I have seen that one that, it has that kind of an impact. It definitely makes you feel something. And I got to thinking about gratitude and I got to thinking about my own gratitude. There are all kinds of tales on the internet. I don't mean fiction. Well, that, you know, there are fictional things. They're absolutely, there's completely contrived, made up things, but I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about these stories of whether it's redemption, Whether it's tragedy, somebody posted, you know, I follow a number of voiceover people and news came out, I guess, that a manufacturer that had purchased a company started by an entrepreneur and they kept him on as a senior engineer, but they let him go. And the day that they let him go happened to be the day that he was putting his wife into hospice care. And the YouTuber was, I guess, appropriately outraged and going on a rant about that. I didn't, I'd never heard of the guy. So I I looked him up. I looked him up on LinkedIn and some other places. And, you know, here's a guy that he's clearly younger than I am. I tried to find out the condition of his wife and this just happened two months ago. I don't know. I I have no idea. I don't know this man. I don't know his situation. I don't know her health status. Um, but it did make me feel immediately about my situation as a husband. It made me feel sad for this man that I don't know. I've never met, sold his company. I didn't look up, okay, how much did he sell it for? And you could say, well, okay, you know, the guy made millions of dollars. I don't know. I don't know what he made. Let's assume he did make millions of dollars. Does that, does that lessen it any, does that make, does that make a company that parts company with a founding entrepreneur whose company they buy that they're going to part company with him on the very day that he puts his wife in hospice? I mean, they, they could, they couldn't see him through that. I don't know, maybe not, but, and I don't know the circumstance of, of how that got handled. I, I don't, I know nothing about it. So our minds can immediately jump to these conclusions that may or may not be correct. Dirty, rotten scoundrels, it was this premeditated and planned. And this was a date that was, it had been put out there months prior. And it coincidentally happened on the same day that this man was having to do something that was very tragic as a husband. I don't know. I don't know the answers to any of those things. Here's what I do know. It made me feel something. It made me feel a bit of sadness for, He and his wife, it made me sad for his family. I don't know if they have children, but it made me sad for her parents, her family, his parents, his family, any kids they may have, any relatives, any close friends. I mean, a lot of people are going to be impacted by a circumstance like that. And it made me feel sad and empathetic for them. And it made me reflect on my own life and my marriage and my wife, it made me feel something. And no, it, it, it didn't, I didn't go into the corner and assume a fetal position, but I was instantly made sad and I was instantly thankful and grateful that all is as well with me and my wife as it is. And it made me feel wishful that he and so many other people weren't going through these kinds of things. But I know the realities of this life, people are going through things. It is the human condition and bad things happen to us all. We all have struggles. We all have problems and pain and sorrow and suffering. As much as I can at times be prone to lean into those kinds of things. I've confessed to you before. I am prone to bouts of being blue. It's not a depression. It certainly isn't something that's clinically diagnosed and nor, nor do I feel like it should be. It's nothing debilitating, but, uh, I can get in a mood where I'm just sad. I just feel sad. And maybe it's, uh, it's a, it's a character flaw on my part to not battle that with every fiber of my being and try to find a a place where I can smile and be happy and joyful and all that. I don't, I don't, that's not what I do. I, well, that's not fair. Sometimes I do, but most times when I'm really feeling blue, I just kind of lean into it because life has taught me my own life. My own experience has taught me for me, leaning into it is beneficial. And it's beneficial not in a pity party kind of a way. It's beneficial in a way for me to really come to grips with, look at all that you've got to be thankful for. No matter what is causing this sadness, no matter what is putting you in this blue mood, there's a big upside here. There's always a big upside. And I regularly preach the message, the bigger the challenge, the bigger the opportunity. I do believe that. You can argue with me till the cows come home, but it's, it's my point of view. And like all points of view, it's a point of view that I choose. And so I will lean into this blue mood and these don't last. I'm not talking about something that lasts for days. It may last an afternoon. It may last a morning. Rarely is it going to last more than a half a day. So these aren't, if, if you are struggling with, clinical depression, or if you suspect you may have, I'm just using the phrase because I've heard it for so long, clinical, meaning you you need a leg up, you need help, you need a professional, then do not delay. Don't collect $200 and pass go. Get the help you need. Find someone to talk to. Find somebody that can help you it may be some medical help it may be physical and mental help that you need but get get that help have enough self awareness and have enough humility and have enough self pride to reach out and get the help that you need so i just want to be clear i'm not talking about that that's not my experience I have never once worried I'm in a state and I can't get out of this state and I need some help. I can promise you that if I did, I'm open enough, you know this, I'm open enough and vulnerable enough, I would absolutely positively seek it out. I'd turn over every rock until I found somebody. I do have enough self-preservation, I guess, running through my blood to, to do that but I know there's too much to live for and no question. Faith, faith helps in all that. My blueness typically, and, and this is worst case scenario. And it doesn't happen that often. I would, I would put a half a day on it. I'd put a morning, I would put a morning and afternoon and evening. And really half a day is probably overblown probably two to four hours and then you know i work my way through it part of that working my way through it though for me is the feeling it's the feelings now sometimes it does happen and i don't i don't necessarily know what prompted it i just you know just a kind of a blue feeling comes over me just kind of a funk and kind of feeling downtrodden and mine usually is not based on me feeling downtrodden. Mine is almost always based on it's, it's almost always provoked by something that's happening to somebody else. And I'm not saying that to sound noble. I'm it's just the fact it's just the truth. One thing that makes me really good and really effective as a professional coach to coach leaders and executives and entrepreneurs and the like is I have high, high, high empathy. But that comes with a downside. And the downside is I get so vested and invested, I can't operate any other way. And so what I have to do is I have to manage my schedule. I have to manage my client interaction. Well, here's just the truth of it. If I have to interact with really more than two, three at the most people in a day, and I'm not talking about people that are just going through some horrific thing, it's just normal, everyday, ordinary personal and professional stuff that we, that we've all got to some degree. Some are going through tougher things than others, but we're all going through something, all of us. And if I interact with really more than three people in a day, it, it just completely, it can completely sap every ounce of energy I've got. I can just at the end of a day, just be, be more wiped out than you can imagine because my empathy is so high now, in the moment, in helping these people, my empathy does not drive me to be purely sympathetic because that's not helpful to say, oh, I'm so sorry that you're going through that, or to try to pat somebody on the back. That, for high performers, that is not helpful. I don't think it's helpful for non-high performers because they want to be victims, and they want to feel like a victim. I don't play that game and I don't play that game because it's just not my viewpoint. My viewpoint is while I can be sad that you're going through something, let's look at this for what it may be. Sometimes things are just bad and they're just bad, but what can we learn from it? We can learn all of the lessons that we've learned. We've learned because we went through something trying and something difficult wood i've used this before because it's i think it's just so great and it it paints the picture and i certainly don't have i have zero experience in boating much less sailing but it's absolutely true sailors learn to sail in rough seas and even as a non-sailor i understand that i mean put a sailboat out on some tranquil placid body of water and Even a rube like me could probably figure it out, but put me, put me in the ocean where the waves are rocking and rolling. I am not going to have a clue. So we get it. We understand that metaphor and that visual image, but it begins with feeling something. Our own growth begins with feeling something, whether it's somebody helping us to feel something or whether it's some circumstance that befalls us. And it just, it just hits us. It just hits us right. And now we feel something and maybe we haven't felt that before for me, mostly it somehow ends up going back to gratitude. It somehow ends up with me internalizing whatever it is I'm feeling to try to make application in my life. And I would love to tell you that I'm, I'm, I'm so, uh, I'm so advanced, you know, that I'm just able that it's a conscious kind of, it's not, I think for me, it's just kind of natural wiring. I internalize it, not in that I own it, but I internalize it to look at somebody's circumstance and to think, okay, I'm sad for them or conversely on the flip side, I I can be happier than the person is or than the way that they act like they are about some really good fortune that comes their way. I'm genuinely, truly happy for people. I think it's great to see people win. I think it's great to see people succeed. I love it. I think it's great to see people achieve what I keep calling their ideal outcome. This thing, this goal that they've had, this dream that they've been chasing. I, I absolutely love it. But here's the truth of it. It it validates that we can chase these things and we can mostly catch these things. I think I've I've confessed to you before, it's a pretty common habit of mine if if I'm in front of very many people at all to ask people, raise your hand. If you have mostly achieved everything you set out to achieve and every hand goes up, every hand goes up. I love it, but here's what I'm feeling in that moment is doesn't it make you wonder, are we aiming high enough? What if we're not aiming high enough? What what if we're grossly underestimating our ability? What if we're grossly underestimating our capacity? What if we're grossly underestimating our opportunities? What if we're not seeing all the opportunities that are before us and who among us really is and don't say Elon Musk, (laughs) he could be, he is freakishly smart after all feeling something made to feel something and those feelings generate action and activity. Those feelings spark behavior and sometimes it can go in the negative. You know, we've kind of talked about the positive side of it and that's really what I want you to focus on, but we would be remiss to omit talking about feelings that maybe we pursue and we chase whether it's pleasure, whether it's entertainment, whether it's distraction, whether it's procrastination, any number of things that, that we could feel and embrace because we just want to, I have found in my life they all stem from selfishness. They just all stem from me and what I want. Don't care about anybody else. Doesn't matter about anybody else. That's what I want to do. And that feeling is counterproductive. That feeling is detrimental. That feeling results in behavior that's damaging. So when we think about our life having a positive impact and we think about us contributing to the welfare of others, which naturally will translate to our own welfare, you can't feel that way. And if you feel that way too long, you're going to begin to act on that. That's why the world is filled with victims. If not for this person and that person in this situation and that situation, my life would be better. It's the absolute refusal in our culture to not accept responsibility for the outcomes of our own life. It's not my fault. And if it's not my fault, then I'm a victim and we're living in a society that absolutely loves and embraces the whole victim mindset. Oh, we say we don't, but it's exactly what we want because it absolves me of any responsibility for my own life. Now I can do whatever I want and I can blame you for my lack. I can blame you for making me feel badly. I can blame you because you offended me. You hurt my feelings. You didn't respect me. Got nothing to do with me. I'm just out here living my life, doing my thing and the whole world's against me. (laughs) Oh yeah, man. I mean, society has been broken for so, so long. Well, it could be argued society has been broken forever. And yes, that's due to sin and sin, you know, and maybe you don't, but if you don't, I'm going to tell you sin just comes purely out of selfishness. I want what I want and I want it now. And I don't care who gets hurt in the process. What do you do to make people feel something and what do you do consciously, even subconsciously to make people feel something that will serve them, something that will benefit them, something that will make them better. And in the process of doing that, whatever that is, think of all the ways that it makes you better. Oh, it does. I'm hopeful that the podcast makes you feel something. Some days, I hope it makes you feel something that's kind of lighthearted, and other times I hope it just provokes you to think a little bit about something. I've had episodes where there's no question what I was feeling was a bit of sadness, and yes, I was absolutely hoping to make you feel some sadness, too. Not in a negative way. But sometimes sadness is a good thing to feel so that we can get in touch with, well, our own humanity. You don't wanna feel sadness? Well, learn how to be a psychopath, I guess. Otherwise, empathy is a good thing. And while there's a lot of pain and suffering in the world, and we can be empathetic to that, We can't crawl up on a ball and hide. That's not helpful. So what can we do? I've talked before about people who suffer chronic health issues and that, that health issue, whatever it may be, tends to define them. It tends to be the topic of conversation over and over and over and over again. I get it, we're all interested. We all have concerns. But you do realize, don't you, that people who suffer some chronic health issues likely just crave the ordinary conversation that all the rest of us are having, where the first words out of somebody's mouth isn't, well, how are you doing today? How are you feeling today? I'm as guilty as the next in doing that, but I'm going to work on that because it's not what I want them to feel. I don't want them to feel like this is the definition of who you are. Can we be more intentional with what we're provoking, what we want other people to feel? And if we do, then what do you think they're going to feel about us? The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. It is Modern Tales of an Ancient Pursuit. My name is Randy Cantrell. I'm glad you clicked play. I hope you feel like you're happy you clicked play. Greetings and welcome. Welcome inside the yellow studio.